listening to Chris Talks Cars on Cartoon Channel. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Cars. My name is Chris Gooden, and I am joined once again by my good friend, a man who wants to 2J swap your common rail, Mr. Brandon Cole. No, not doing it. I have it written down that you did just that, so. No, I will. I refuse to ever replace anything. Look, man, I don't. I don't write these things. I just read them, and that's what that's what the official record has. So, <laughs> all right, fine, I'll take it. All right, buddy, how you doing? Doing pretty good. How's uh, how's things on the old roll coal? If you spell it right, you're wrong. Yeah, if you spell it right, you're wrong. Roll coal project. Roll coal is doing pretty well. Keeping up with all the maintenance. So we just put a four inch exhaust on it, turbo back exhaust on it last week. I posted about that on uh, Instagram. So go check out the stories. You can look at some of the highlights on it. I kind of do a little step-by-step on there. A couple of things on there. It's worked out pretty well. Super easy install. took me like maybe an hour. That includes like ripping the old one off. So Um, next will be, I'm going to do how how many Hearst Turks did you gain? (laughs) Well, uh, I think it's proven that you don't really gain much from it, but I have noticed a uh, lower EGTs, which is definitely good. You always want to keep it a little cooler and it does seem like the turbo lights off just a little bit sooner. Um, that, that old muffler I had on there was original and it was pretty rusted. So, I mean, it, it could have been mm-hmm. even clogged. I don't know, but, um, yeah, so it definitely, it definitely feels a little better. Um, it sounds, I like the sound of it too. It sounds pretty good. Uh, right on. Yeah. Kept, I kept the, uh, MBRP muffler on it just to keep my neighbors happy. <laughs> yeah. Make it not quite so droney. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, well. I mean, they're all kind of a little droney, but yeah, I guess it could be worse. Right on. Uh, what's what's the next step? Uh, let's see, next month is getting a touch screen. Trip triple compound turbos. <laughs> touch screen. Yeah. So actually, I've been doing a little bit of side hustle, saving my money. So it uh, also next month, along with my touch screen, uh, you know, radio, whatever upgrade. I also posted a video on there. I don't know if you saw that. I uh, you know have my cassette player still in that truck. So oh yeah, that'll be a good upgrade just for me. But then uh, also it'll be getting a smarty programmer uh, that'll uh, should allow it to free up quite a bit of power with it, and uh, it should really come alive after that. What is the stock turbo rated for? Like, how much do you actually have left on the stock fuel system and turbo? Uh, stock fuel system on the 2003 to 2004 uh, Cummins, uh, you should be able to get uh, like high 400s, maybe if everything's real healthy, you might be able to break into the 500 rank or range. Um, the turbo itself, uh, it was kind of an oddball year, so it's a little bit smaller than some of the ones that came out a few years after that. Um, I think that'll get you maybe into the lower 400 range. So it'll definitely need a, uh, a turbo upgrade, which is uh, coming later this year. Um, okay. Along with along with some meth injection and everything else, I think I think without uh, injector replacement, I should be able to touch the 500 rear wheel horsepower mark. But we'll see what happens. Nice man, that's that's going to be fun. That'll be uh, 
Yeah. Be a, be a real ripper, as they say. It'll be able to drag around your race car, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Since uh, it doesn't exist yet, that's... Well, it gives me time to get it, get it ready. Yeah, yeah, because I'm just going to buy one of those EV Hummers as soon as they come out and drag race that. It's 9,000 pounds, so... Yeah, and allegedly it runs it in three seconds, zero to 60, so... Yeah, that's what they say. That's, uh, I just, I don't know, man. I'm going to have to see it to believe it, because it's, it's 9,046 9, uh, pounds. That's so much, and I thought Hellcats were heavy. I thought my truck was heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a Hellcat weighs as much as a 1500, which is ridiculous. Well, a Ford 1500, which those Fords are relatively light for trucks. Um, the, we did a movie review this week. Brandon had never seen Ford versus Ferrari or the, no, no, the 24 hour war, the Adam Carolla it. documentary. Yeah, yeah. You saw the cinematic movie, but you didn't see the real deal right. documentary. And it was with, very informative and I'm glad you told me to watch it. Cause, uh, um, I actually learned a lot, you know, I normally, you know, I normally feel like sometimes I watch these and they're kind of just like, you know, they cover this and that and, you know, I might grab a few things from it, but I really took a lot away from it. It was very, one, it was entertaining, which is good. It's only an hour and a half, but, uh, on top of it, just being a good documentary, I learned a lot, uh, about the history versus or from Ford and Ferrari and several other car makers as well are, are covered in there. So, and a lot of famous race car drivers, uh, the owners, even the documentary, you see like, like big names, like people with the Ferrari last names are, are talking in here. They're being interviewed. People with Ford last names are in there. Mario Andretti's uh, a, a star on the show. So there's a lot of big names in there. It's pretty cool. So uh, definitely recommend watching both of those Ford versus Ferrari and 24 hour war. Um, yeah. Tw- 24 hour war is a, a chassis media, Adam Carolla doc. And like they, they, they've done a few, but uppity is another one that you should watch next week. The Willie T ribs story. So, um, yeah, really. And, uh, Adam Kroll is a, a car guy. He collects Paul Newman race cars. He races like he races himself. So he's, he's a, it's a car documentaries done by a true car guy. So if that gives you, and it gives it any legitimacy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go into what you were, what were your impressions and what you thought of it? Yeah. So, I mean, I think some of the, biggest takeaways i mean if you if you watch the ford versus ferrari movie which I, i'm feeling most car guys have seen it if you haven't shame on you go watch it um but uh in the 24-hour war you know they, they really cover a few things that i think maybe they just missed or just weren't really worried about uh showing in ford versus ferrari um but you know ford more or less got into they weren't in racing back in was it 1965 you know they yeah they had a couple of what they had the Mustang or whatever they debuted or something like that, but they weren't really in it. And they had like a handshake deal between the big three, um, Ford, Chevy and Chrysler about basically not being in it, but they were like in NASCAR and some other stuff. But 
um, not really into racing on this this degree. So um, I guess basically Ford ended up getting into it through a to spite thing. Ferrari. Well, well, yes, but there was more to it than that. Um, basically, Ford got into it to sell cars. The, the, right. The idea, the idea, idea was win on Sunday, on. sell on Monday. Right. Yeah. Race on Sunday or win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yeah. And then, but it was a complete polar opposite for Ferrari. They sold car, or they they sold cars so that they could afford to race. That's yeah, that's race. all Enzo wanted to do was race. Yeah, he, he actually did not want to sell a pedestrian car because it kind of went against, I think, what he wanted to do was basically have race cars. He didn't want to have a car with a blinker on it, you know? Yeah, it's kind of funny because the average Ferrari driver now, Enzo, would absolutely hate. Yeah, for sure. Hate. He loathed these people. I would say majority of them yeah, are just rich dudes that like to go show off and probably... Yeah, they're, you know, they're parking lot pimping. Yeah, they don't really use it for what it's made to be used for. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought that was pretty cool that you know, they they were there trying to win, but they were both there for totally different reasons. Um, you know, I don't think Ford really cared a whole lot about racing. They just wanted to sell cars, and Ford was pissed at Ferrari for turning down his deal to, I guess, buy him out more or less. But imagine what a different automotive world it would be if ford bought ferrari though like if the deal went through i think Ford, i think ferrari would have been shit i mean look what happened when they got their hands on jaguar well Uh, so it definitely probably could have gone that way but (laughs) here's an alternate thing if ford had agreed to enzo's terms and let enzo run the racing program and ford funded it well, so that we could were, have been a happy reality and not a very, reality where very, Ford just runs a beautiful brand into the ground. Very true. But look what they did to Carroll Shelby. And uh, that's pretty well documented in the Ford versus Ferrari movie that they did not give him free reign over anything. They said he did. They said they would. And then like every time it came back to it, it's not, you know, we're, we're going to we're going to put the races we want in there. We're going to. Yeah. For sure. And so, yeah, I feel like it would not have gone well for. No, that's that's the absolute small chance. What what you said is the most probable is yeah. they would have got in there and big yeah, dick think- American, whatever they wanted to do and just ran it into uh, uh, like a Model T type scenario where we're just mass producing garbage. Yeah. I think not that the Model already- T was garbage, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some of the other cool things about the, uh, I mean, just Carroll Shelby himself and his, his little shop. I mean, he was a, he was a bad son of a bitch, wasn't he? He was so cool. I actually saw him one time when I was a little kid. Uh, It was, I mean, I didn't get to meet or anything, but I saw him at the car show and he was doing a little speech and signing stuff. Uh, It was kind of cool just to see a, a legend like that. But, you know, they, they were, you know, they were just, regular dudes these weren't like engineers really i mean i mean they i guess they kind of were but like apparently these guys were pretty rowdy and crazy and uh cutting up a lot and really probably a lot of by the seat of your pants stuff yeah yeah so just just regular old dudes just wrenching on shit and probably said they were joking around a lot and you know they uh I mean, they're probably the type of guys that sat around and 
drank beers while they're working on cars so <laughs> oh absolutely they seem like they're pretty fun dudes um i think the last thing this is probably my favorite thing i took away from the whole documentary was uh 1967 uh dan gurney if i'm saying that right uh, yep. i guess after he won uh he he basically invented shaking up the champagne and spraying it on everybody. oh yeah <laughs> would, it makes you know, sense it's an that. american thing to do just soak yeah. everyone in champagne that's pretty awesome yeah i thought that was pretty sweet so um yeah there's a lot of good stuff in there i, I got quite a few, bit, of note, bit of notes here but i don't want to bore the show with all of them but um definitely a really cool show to watch very educational if you're into like automotive history and how much how much did it hit you in the feels when uh he was set up for the triple crown victory and ford made him cross one two three yeah oh my god See, I would like to know some more history on that because I feel like the the 24-hour war didn't really cover that part. Um, and I, I'd like to know a little bit more about that, a little more in depth on, like, did he really get to make that decision himself? Like, as I feel like a, you know, a seasoned racer like himself would have known those rules. Um, so maybe, maybe he really already knew what the consequence was of doing that or whatever, but yeah, that really sucked, man. That was shit. At least in the movie, you know, he looks at that Ferrari, uh, Enzo Ferrari and he tips his hat at him. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, that was a pretty crappy deal. Feel bad for the guy. And then, and then, you know, he never gets another shot at it again. Cause of course he dies, um, right. the, the following year or later that year or something like that. So brutal, yeah. pretty, uh, pretty crappy deal for that guy but anyways he did get some great wins had a hell of a career and everything so and later he was uh put into the hall of fame and honored properly for all of his accomplishments so um and i also would like to know like so did the guy that won did he just sit there and act like he won (laughs) that that's the real story is once they got back into the uh into the pits the conversations that were had Cause yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. Do you go like around that. bragging to people? Cause I guess it's before the internet and TV really. I mean, there was TV, yeah. but unless uh, you watched it live, like you, you could tell people anything you wanted. I feel like I would have just been like, uh, Hey man, I know they're not going to give you the honors, but here's the trophy. You and I both know you won it. I'm not going to take it home cause I didn't win it. Let me have that second place one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. That just, I just, I couldn't morally. I couldn't. uh, I couldn't accept it. Uh, Yeah, that was a real sticky one for sure. Yeah, pretty crappy deal for sure. But yeah, I think there's a lot more to it that maybe we don't know, or maybe maybe nobody's sharing, or maybe just never got shared. Who knows? It's very possible. Yep. So, So on a system, on a rating system of wrenches. Out of five wrenches, how many wrenches are you going to give the documentary and how many are you going to give this theatrical movie? Uh, man, I really, I got to give, I'm going to give the movie four and a half, which is really high for me. I, I don't know if I'd ever give anything five unless it was just breathtakingly amazing. The, the movie's great. Uh, yeah. Probably, give the, probably the documentary, uh, probably give it like a four. The only reason probably not four and a half like the movie is because it's probably not for everybody if you're not like a total car nerd like me and you you probably 
won't enjoy the uh, slower historical part of it. Right. Uh, but if you are total car nerd like us, I think you're really going to like it. Uh, so four and four and a half. So, uh, nice. Um, <clears throat> I, I got to admit, I went into the theatrical movie a little biased because I'm a curmudgeon asshole and I pretty much hate everything. So I went in, especially like when Hollywood tries to do things that are like important to me, like not that like a, a battleship, like I couldn't watch that movie. It was so horrible. Like any military movie, yeah, I just sit in like wrong, wrong, wrong. I enjoyed it. That was good. Yeah. Well, you're a, yeah, you're a better person than I am. I'm I'm a <laughs> I'm a bitter asshole. And I went into the theatrical movie Ford versus Ferrari, like expecting to hate it, and I did not. I I really was pleasantly surprised. I they they treated they told the story well. I felt like some of the the accents were a little put on. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. But other than that, like I, I, I really enjoyed it. So Matt, I, Matt I, Damon trying to be a Texan. <laughs> yeah, it was a little much, but I mean, it wasn't the worst and he's a, he's a great actor. Yeah. So I, I'll give it the opposite score. I, I like the documentary a little bit better cause I'm more of a nerd, I guess, but yeah. yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised by the movie and I was already a big fan of the documentary. So I'll give the four, four and a half score, but to the documentary and then the theater movie. Solid. Yeah. One thing I want to, I want, I was, I was wondering, like, so, like in the movie, they really, they're obviously biased towards Ford, right? Um, kind of almost portrayed Ferrari as the bad guy. Um, like, right. I kind of, I'd like to see a movie, or maybe just, maybe just more in depth on the other side of the story. Because even, yeah. even even in the documentary, you got more of Ford's side versus Ferrari's side. I don't think they're very talkative. Like even in the doc, even in the interviews they got, you could tell. Like I don't know. At least to me, Ferrari didn't seem like as open. Well, oh, well, obviously. But, I mean, that just could be language barrier and some other stuff. It was a bad four years for them. They don't necessarily. That's fair. Out of it, <laughs> they 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 yeah. got. They got beat by a, a rookie for four years in a row. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, no, I guess there probably is one, but we'd have to read some subtitles to watch it. Yeah, there's something to ponder. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually look into that. Make a note. Yeah. Anyways, um, here in 27 minutes, as of right now, the Ford Lightning or the Ford Electric Truck is going to... Yeah, we're boycotting the name Lightning officially. Yeah. Not a fan. It's not an SVT. It's not a Lightning. But uh, yeah, less than 30 minutes, that'll launch. So uh, look for that here in the future. We're going to do a separate podcast on that. And um, let's see, what do we have? Ah, something you're pretty excited about, these Lamborghinis. Oh, yes. Well, it is. I'm excited because it's more the timeline I want to see. So Lamborghini has announced their uh, hybrid slash electrification plan. And uh, 
what I'm reading here, the full Lamborghini road range will be plug-in hybrids by 2024, which is fantastic. That means they're all going to be all-wheel drive and they're all going to be fast as shit. I love hybrid stuff over electric. I know electric's coming. Hybrid makes... It's the best of both worlds. Now, sadly, we'll probably lose V10s and... Well, I don't know. It says the Aventador will use a hybridized V12. So they've stated that. I'm guessing everything else is going to go small displacement V8 twin turbo because that's just kind of the move. When you have yeah. a hybrid, you save as much weight as you can on the gas side. Right. But it's it's not everything. It's not screaming naturally aspirated V10s like I love. But it's not silent, all electric shit either. So, yeah. So, what is it? Full electric by what year? Uh, f- plug in hybrids across the board by 2024. And then they've got um, uh, a fourth all electric model, which, uh, so they have the concept now for the Asterion, which is a zero to 60 and three second. Uh, sedan they have it's uh, 316 cubic inch I don't know how they well it's a hybrid yeah it's a 316 cubic inch engine with uh, it does it in kilowatts 449 kilowatts at 8250 RPMs top speed of 199 miles an hour and four wheel drive with the front wheels driven by electric engines. I need that transferred in market. Yeah. Let me, let me see what kilowatts is. And, uh, so I, every time this, you mentioned this, cause you, you mentioned it several times. It always, I'm sitting there 602 hearse purrs. Is that just from the electric? No, that's combined. Um, let me see. Well, I'll let you finish. Two ninety six from the electric engines, so it's half and half. Two ninety six. Uh, what? Two hundred twenty one kilowatts is two hundred ninety six horsepower. And that's with just the electric engines. It's um, 610 or 449 kilowatts for the internal combustion engine. So combined, it's 910. That's my bad. Ah, there we go. Yep. So that's, uh, that's a pretty beefy number. Yeah. 600 at the rear wheels, 300 at the front. Go on, get you some. That's how you get zero to 60 in three seconds flat. I can dig it. You can also get zero to 60 in three seconds flat in a 2022 Hummer that weighs 9,000 pounds. I mean, if if this is a challenge to see who can who can weigh more, you definitely win in that. So here's, here's my so, thought. So fucking heavy. I, I sat there in my car driving and I was just going over this, how this plans out in, in Brandon's world. So in whatever, 2024, they go hybrid. And then they said, you know, by whatever X year, they want to go full electric. Like this hybrid thing, just a crossover period to get to full electric for whatever reason. 
So they get to full electric and now obviously they're going to be crazy fast. They're also going to be probably pretty heavy. Um, so there's, there's pros and cons there, but the biggest thing that, that gets me is, you know, most of these people buy these supercars for flash and flare and you still have this exotic, crazy, cool look, but they are losing the sound. I mean, you pull up in your, you know, your your Lamborghini or whatever, and you know, you got these, you, you got the sound that goes with it, yes. revs and everything. And you 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 pull out of the fancy Omni Hotel parking garage and you haul ass and you you look cool. Whatever these rock stars get to do in these cool cars, that doesn't happen anymore. All you hear is like this horrible sound of screeching rubber and like this 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 quiet zip of a electric engine and so how appealing is this part going to be to these consumers or even an average consumer like us that maybe eventually when mustangs camaros whatever thing comes in our caliber of car yeah in the future so i just i don't see that being i see that being a really big drawback and i'm wondering how the general public's going to respond to that sadly you and I are not the general public. That's true. We are enthusiasts, and the major the the general public is happy driving fucking Hyundai Sonatas and okay. H- Honda Civics. So I think the general public will just piss and moan because they have to upgrade their electrical system at their house a little bit. But I think that'll really be the end of it. They don't. Well, they don't so care. I'm- I don't necessarily mean that. I mean the general public as in the type of person that even if you're not like us, total car nerd, but you still have this draw to to buy sports cars and you're drawn to what they represent and, and the fun that you get with them and all that. And so even even the average car guy that just like, you know, your your jorts wearing high <laughs> socks, sneaker, oh yeah, new balance wearing uh, middle-aged guy that drives his his 10-year-old Corvette that he keeps in his garage and probably takes it in for an oil with, change. with the tan rag top. Yeah. Um that guy still loves the sound of his roaring V8. That's true. LS1 roaring V8. Um, he may not know hardly anything about this car, but he knows that when he presses that pedal, it sounds awesome. And That's it, true. It goes fast. And I don't care who you are. Nobody's going to prefer the sound of an EV over an internal combustion engine or even a hybrid. And I think yeah. the more the more you talk about it, the more I'm kind of getting on board with the hybrid because that technology is coming. There's no stopping it. The electric engine. Well, it's it's I, I I'm about to make a point that doesn't really make sense, but it's the the performance has been proven in it, and obviously the electric has also. Yeah. But like it was such a big step for what was it Audi or not Audi? Uh, Porsche. Porsche, Ferrari, and. Uh, McLaren to make those hybrid freaking hypercars because yeah. they showed everyone like it's it it can be spectacular like Toyota as good as their intentions were they really fucked the hybrid scene by coming out the Prius first like if the first hybrids people would have seen were the big 3 I think and then the Prius Americans at least 
vision of hybrids would be completely different. Because now when you think hybrid, you still think Prius, at least in America. If you say you have a hybrid, the first thing people are going to ask, would you get a fucking Prius? Yeah, for sure. Even though there's, you know, there's all kinds of American and Japanese cars that are, that are hybrids, like Toyotas and Hondas, you can get pretty much across the model line, at least in the sedans. You can get a Tahoe hybrid or you could have for a while anyways. Yeah. But still the only thing people think about when you say I got a hybrid is a fucking potato. They, they, they did it really well. Let's be They did. It's, I mean, no, once again, they've, they engineering, it's great. Like they're great cars. They got great mileage. It it was the first step into it. But like, if you're thinking about it from, uh, a scene like how to introduce it they i mean and again what what are they going to wait until someone else beats them to market with it no but it would have been i think it would have been advantageous if a sports car was the initial face of hybrid performance yeah so yeah i think maybe change something back back to the ev stuff just for a second if you've ever been to a top fuel dragster race you've ever been to a nascar race or even like dirt circle track racing any sort of like major motorsports where it's just insanely loud you close your eyes for a second and envision it but take away all the engine noise and imagine these cars going down the drag strip and around in circles with virtually no noise except for just some tire noise and a quiet zip of an engine well, they already have it. They already have the the e. Uh, what's it called? I, I know. They have F one e racing. I I'm aware of that, but what I'm talking about is these these American pastimes that are so beloved. I mean, there's a huge following to these. I you show up to Texas Motor Speedway here down the road, and there's a hundred thousand people there, and I mean, there's thousands of campers parked outside. It's in Justin, Texas. If you're in Justin, right. Texas. During these two major NASCAR events that they have per year, it's hard to even be in Justin, Texas. It, yeah, it, it's like it just overwhelms the entire town, and uh, it's it's pretty nuts. So, um, but just it, it it would it would take away I think a big part of it. So I'm wondering if like if they're gonna recognize if anybody's gonna recognize this and maybe say it maybe kind of shy away from the ev stuff at least for for a long time i don't know I'm i just, hope I'm so man trying to, i'm trying to think of all these things that i just hate about it even though it is superior <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah well i mean it depends on what categories you measure it by by this is going to be super cheesy but if it's miles per mile or gallons per mile like yeah and I, I, it's the sound is a huge part of it, and I don't know, like I've never driven a high performance electric vehicle, so I don't know that if I'm ripping through the canyons and feeling the G's and like getting on the corners and like that fun of it, like yeah. I don't know, I've never experienced it without engine noise, so I can't say sure. that it's just not the same. But I don't know, man. I I, I feel like I feel like it's a lot to me, man. It. it 
<laughs> for sure. Like I'm not discounting it, but it, I don't know. It's it's for sure a huge part of it. And I don't I'm definitely not going to go out and buy one as soon as I can. The Tesla yeah. will be the last car I buy and not because I'm anti-EV. It's just because I'm sure in my waning years of my life, I'll be driving an EV. So I'm going to drive everything that's V8 and loud I can right now. Yeah, if I drive an EV, it'll be the family car and it won't be my personal one. There you go. That's fair. <laughs> I got to have something that's clanking or, or roaring or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anyone to haul around but myself, so. Yeah. Well, I guess like I always say on this subject, you know, time will tell. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, there could be legislation come out next week that changes everything, so. <laughs> Well, like what you were talking about a minute ago before we got on air is the uh, the major chip shortage. I mean, just think about you know yeah the how there there is there's there's got to be. I mean, I'm not I'm no engineer, but I assume there's got to be quite a bit more of these microchips microchips in these EV vehicles or even hybrids. Um, and then there's already a major shortage right now, and I don't know if this is due to the pandemic or due to this current gas shortage we're experiencing, but uh, you know if if that's something that could affect this as well uh in the future um maybe short term or even long term development and production of these vehicles yeah i mean it's definitely there's more i i don't know if there's more or less because there's so much electronic uh so many electronic components and even even regular cars now like it's all controllers like there's the ecu that controls like your your Corvette, is there substantial? I mean, obviously, there's more to it than in a Tesla, but um, according to CNBC, the chip shortage is sus- expected to cost the automotive industry a hundred and ten billion dollars in revenue in just 2021. That's a lot. Yeah. Big impact so, on. Yeah. Uh, what was it? I think is initially affecting. Ford and their their trucks. Yeah, there's a few other. I th- I think it was Chevy maybe or Chrysler that uh, was a little bit more on the ball with it and already diverted their uh, their resources to the truck line because that's where the big money's made in uh, that sector. That's where they rip everybody off at. Yep, yep. That's uh, your 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 pickup trucks fund pretty much everything else in a company. It seems about right. They're so ridiculously priced these days. Never again will I buy a brand new vehicle. That was that was painful doing it the first time. Yeah, I learned that lesson when uh, I bought my my Golf R. Yeah. I don't regret buying it. Like it was a fun car, but sure. if I was going to spend forty grand, there's definitely some other options I would have looked into first. Yeah. See, also, I, probably not the best idea to spend forty grand uh, eighteen months before I got out of the navy. So <laughs> that was the opposite. I got out, got me, I got a decent job, and so I just immediately went and bought a fifty thousand dollar truck. And I don't regret buying the truck. I just would have bought one that was a couple years older. The same thing. And yeah. Knocked knocked fifteen twenty thousand dollars off of it, and been perfectly happy with a couple thousand more miles. Yeah. Live and learn, though. We're all young ones. Yep. So, 
Um, I think that's about it for today, unless you have anything else. That'll do. All right, everyone. Don't forget to like and subscribe, rate and review, all those things. I know you hear it from every social media person, but it really does uh, help us climb the charts and get noticed. Um, Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week with the 2021 Lightning or the 2022 Lightning review and our thoughts on that. (laughs) 